Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. Today on the Ether, decentralized ETFs with Defund Finance, hosted by Dr. Doscoin with Orbital Command. Let's take a listen. Okay, for anyone that's tuning in, it is Dr. Doscoin joining you from behind the Orbital Command account today. Uh, on today's first phase, we're going to be speaking with Defund, um, a blockchain for building multi chain decentralized ETFs. And in particular, we're going to be speaking with uh, John the Bull 2, who is just about to join us, which I'm going to bring up as a speaker. And over the course of the next hour, we're going to learn everything we need to know about the Defund project uh, and the future of decentralized ETFs as he sees it. Uh, as per usual, all spaces are recorded by Terra Spaces. Uh, if you are not familiar with them already, just click the icon that says Terra Spaces and give them a follow. You can also see what they do over at Terraspaces.org. There is an archive of everything crypto uh, that has been catalogued over the past probably year to year and a half at this point. With that being said, John, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Sorry, my AirPods were connected. That's all good. I know the feeling. <laughs> I'm uh, hearing you loud and clear. John, how are you? Oh, can't complain. Uh, you know, nice, uh, not sunny day in Florida where I'm at right now, but, uh, you know, can't, can't have a sunny day every day. Not sunny in Florida. What's going on there? I don't know. You know, we had a hurricane here last week and, <clears throat> you know, ever since then, it's just been gloomy days ever since. It's been kind of strange, you know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm really a New Yorker at heart. <clears throat> so I'm really a New Yorker. But um, since I've been down here, you know, it's been hot every day. But it was 69 this week, 70 this week. I was wearing a sweater. I was freezing my butt off. I, I'm not used to this weather anymore. So, yeah. It- it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing, isn't it? So I'm in, I guess, what would be the Australia's version of Florida. I'm in Queensland, in the the sort of northern, northeastern part of Australia, and um, like right now, it's just it's the sun is shining and the day is amazing. It's only seven in the morning here, but um, at the same time, where I'm originally from in in Melbourne, you know, we just had floods down there. My house got flooded. My family home got flooded uh, two days ago, and so it's just like I don't know what's going on, but craziness crazy unpredictable uh weather patterns yeah i'd say <laughs> but with that being said obviously you are joining us to talk about defund today now of course with twitter spaces uh, people tend to just roll in as it goes along uh, and i did mention that the spaces will be recorded and shared afterwards which we'll share on the uh terror on our terror communities and orbital command intel reports telegrams and also within our discord channel uh, and across Twitter where we can. We want to make sure that the word is spread about defund and what we want people to realize and understand by the time this call is over, the end of this next hour. Um, they want to know, you know, what it is you do, why you're doing it, how it works, what's in it for them, uh, and be able to explain it like they're five to someone, you know, to someone else. So with that being said, John, how about we do a little de- little debrief here, just on yourself real quickly. Can you give us a bit of a TLDR on you, your background, and how you got started with defund? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So I'm John. I'm a, you know, one of the founders here at Defund. Started this about, what is it? It's November now. Started this about, uh, I think it was June or July last year was when we really started working on this. Um, I had come from a traditional startup background. I had a couple of startups beforehand and I was working on, you know, an artificial intelligence-based matching startup and me and my co-founder, current co-founder Joe in this. And we had both met up and we had, you know, really been into crypto for quite some time, but we decided, you know, we both had our own ideas for what we wanted to do in the space. And he had one idea and I had another idea. And we were like, you know what, let's just combine them because they, they could become something really great. And that combined idea ended up turning into what Defund Finance currently is. And it's a protocol that allows for creation of decentralized ETFs, which is in reality, any token trading strategy with virtually any tokenized asset. And that token you can create is then tradable on any exchange. So since it is just a token, you can create an ETF based out of Ethereum-based products, Cosmos-based products, you name it, even some NFTs in there, sprinkle them in there, why not? Packaged into its own token, you can list it and trade them on Osmosis. You could trade them through Uniswap. You could trade them really wherever you want those tokens to live. So we really had the goal of bringing that traditional finance aspect of, you know, the ETF, the exchange traded fund of, you know, that ability to instantly diversify yourself with the purchase of a single token, but also add the ability to create them. Because in traditional finance, you're only able to buy what's presented in front of you, right? You have no idea what is actually going on behind the scenes. They're all actively managed funds. For the most part, there's some passively managed funds, but they're actively managed funds. And you don't have you know, the flexibility that you would have with Defund. Now, with what Defund does, you can create virtually anything and host it virtually anywhere. And we've had some uh, pretty good uh, you know, strategic partnerships. And uh, there's a lot of great things you can put into these ETFs. So I'm really excited to get this going. Hope that, hope that yeah. uh, was a good background for you. That was a great background. And it was very well uh, explained too. I think it was quite digestible for people that may not be familiar to this space. You know, I think a lot of people that are frequenting in crypto Twitter spaces typically have a, a decent level of, of education when it comes to uh, in, in a reasonable level of in investing education and so for people that don't understand uh, the exchange the exchange traded funds being made in a decentralized manner is what is happening with defund finance um you know i guess the question that i have here is you know why why the why why is it important uh why decentralization is important when it comes to etfs um, the benefits of having the ability for anyone to create their own etfs and also um yeah, let's just start there. And, the yeah, pro- and so, maybe the problems that exist with current traditional finance ETFs. Definitely. So the decentralization aspect for us is is really important because you need to be able to, especially when you want to create your own product, you need to have the the understanding that those assets are going to be there no matter who's behind the scenes, right? So for example, in these centralized exchanges, as you saw with FTX, you know, <laughs> you had no idea what they were actually doing behind the scenes unless you were behind the scenes, right? With the decentralized manner of it, why it took so much effort. And we and that decentralized term is 
broad, but it covers many aspects of the term decentralization. We're decentralized in terms of workforce, in terms of structure, and in terms of the way that the, the tokens move through the protocol. The decentralization aspect is how, in my mind, how it actually connects to each chain directly so that you're not relying on a bridge. You're not relying on a centralized bridge. You're also not relying on centrally holding the assets in an exchange. We're directly connecting to each chain you want to you want to communicate with, and as a result, you're able to build these essentially portfolios with no limitations on liquidity, and it allows you to create a wide breadth of instruments that just weren't possible in crypto beforehand, right? And in comparison to traditional ETFs. You know, the, the traditional ETFs, once again, they're limited to what the, the, the actual fund manager can provide, right? Now, in, in traditional markets, it's not the biggest issue when it comes to that. But the biggest difference between, you know, a tokenized ETF and a standard ETF is the flexibility you can create with it. You know, you can create a straddle, a straddle ETF on uh, a tokenized edge in a tokenized uh, manner that it just trades against volatility. And it's on chain, directly verifiable. You know exactly what's underlying. You can track all the analytics of it and you can trade it 24 7, 365, send it wherever you want in a moment's notice and not have to deal with the underlying, you know, the underlying process that's involved with the standard ETF. So a lot of the a lot of the structure behind these ETFs was taken directly from a traditional ETF. That's exactly what the base contract template ETF is. It follows the exact structure of a standard ETF, but the capabilities that you can build with it are just so much greater. Fantastic. And so we've got a bit of an overview of how, you know, the why there. Is there anything currently existing in this space? Who are your competitors? And let's sort of talk points of difference. Um, from yeah. Yeah. So I found, so a lot of people mention us with a couple other people in the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, I'd say one of the biggest differentiators between, I guess, you know, and we get mentioned with, you know, Sam and Quasar a couple of times, but in reality, I'd want them to work with us. You know, I'm not, I don't see us as true competitors in that I think that they could benefit greatly from using the defund structure. And also, we're not actually ever building these ETFs. We're just the infrastructure layer. So people say, for example, we decided to, somehow pull iShares and iShares wanted to create their own ETF, it would be an iShares crypto ETF on chain built using the defund infrastructure layer. It's just a much different approach to this. Now there is a direct competitor on the on Ethereum. It's called Set Protocol, but our cell is just um we're a much more capable protocol and they're locked to Ethereum. And I think they support Avalanche, but we support over a thousand tokens at Genesis and we just are a much more capable protocol and we don't have the liquidity limitations of them. We don't have any liquidity limitations because of our no bridge structure. Yeah. I remember when I first came across, uh, you probably be familiar with it as well. Do you know D hedge? Uh, yeah, actually I've been, I've been, uh, told about D hedge before. Yeah. I remember when I first came across D hedge, this was a little while back, maybe last year. And uh, it's similar-ish, and I remember thinking, so it's essentially, you know, the tagline is to start your own uh, hedge fund or find a fund that you like within five minutes. Mm -hmm. And so people uh, put forward their own ideas. And it reminded me somewhat of that. And so I think the, the key thing that, the key point of difference that stands out to me is that you are, 
utilizing IBC. And so it just gives you mm-hmm. far more uh, reach long-term than some of these other protocols that have built, uh, you know, that are chain specific, whereas you are chain agnostic, yeah? And yeah, chain agnostic. And also D-Hedge is more of a copy trading protocol, if that makes sense. Um, we're, you know, for example, you find some, and you can do the same, you know, the same ideology with DeFund, but you're more so trading the strategies that someone else creates on D-Hedge. And I believe you're just, you know, buying into a strategy versus purchasing a token and trading that token wherever you want. So it's, it's a little bit different of a sell. That's actually similar to the idea that I originally had when uh, we came up with DeFund. But um, then we realized that, you know, actually making tradable tokens across any chain is a much more, um, much more sustainable business model. Certainly. And you've mentioned a couple of times already um, without the, the need of bridges. There is a section on the Medium article I just want to check out with you real quickly where it says, you know, util- utilizing IBC, DeFund is able to leverage token mm-hmm. assets many IBC enabled chain, including Ethereum using the recent Gravity Bridge blockchain and also Bitcoin potentially yeah. using Nomic. Can you uh, riff on that a little bit for us? Yeah. So I need to upgrade that and remove Gravity Bridge since it's not even used anymore. Um, we pretty much, we utilize IBC. Um, that I believe is the only bridge we use. We've considered using Nomic. Um, that's to be determined depending on when they launch. Um, I really don't want to use bridges at all if possible because that's just where all the vulnerabilities lie in almost every single hack. And also the liquidity limitations are from bridges. So currently we're utilizing Axelar's general messaging, general message passes. And pretty much what that allows us to do is we have a controller account structure, which pretty much means we control wallets directly on chain, on Ethereum, on all these other chains that we support. And we'll be doing the same with Solana and pretty much we manage those assets directly on that chain. So instead of sending the actual transactions of tokens across, we're sending messages across and it removes the possibility of, you know, uh, a token getting hacked along the way or, you know, trading derivatives of the asset versus the entire asset. If that makes any sense. It makes it play sense to me. And so my question is, obviously, you're going to be across multiple chains. Are there any that stand out to you as like, okay, this actually really lends itself to what we're offering here? So like my first thought, and the reason I asked that question is my first thought when you're saying you don't want to use bridges, I guess one of the main uh, selling points of something like uh, ThorChain or ThorSwap is that you can you know, have layer one to layer one swaps without having uh, to run via bridges. Does something like that make sense to you more than other chains or you know it it really comes down to liquidity limitations and security right i personally believe that using a message passing versus you know locking an asset into a bridge and spitting out a derivative is just a much safer way and also the liquidity limitations so i mentioned before with the fund accounts lying on each chain we're tapping into that native liquidity on the chain. You know, I believe ThorChain, um, they use their own bridge and it's what, what is it, a, a lot of liquidity. I think it's 246 mil locked in. Um, that is one institutional client for a major bank. And I don't know if you saw the news today, but, you know, Citigroup and a bunch of others just partnered up and they're pioneering. They're, they're doing a 12-week run for testing a digital U.S. dollar with those size banks, they would never even consider a bridge. 
it would not be on their radar. And listen, you know, they may never even consider defund as well because, you know, they're probably going to want to build out their own infrastructure. That's fine. But we still need to be prepared for people with that substantial volume coming in because a, a substantial client with a hundred million plus size portfolio can't use a bridge whatsoever. It's just not sustainable. So that's where that's why they turn to centralized exchanges. But then with a centralized exchange, now you're trusting your assets to a person that you really don't know well. Why when you can just trust yourself, you can trust your own people and you can trust your own developers to write solid code that you know is safe or at least safe to your standard, if that makes any sense. Yeah, well, we're seeing that play out in real time, obviously, with this past week of catastrophe with FTX. We're seeing the uh, the narrative of centralized exchanges being, well, not, mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever been considered safe by people that have been in crypto for a long enough period of time. But the mainstream belief is that, okay, you know, keep you use exchanges and you'll be fine. Um, and of course, you had people lobbying around uh, SBF and FTX for a long time, uh, saying that, you know, there's full trust. And I mean, even just, Earlier, I saw a video of uh, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank talking mm. about how he's still in support of SBF, and I'm just like, this is craziness, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's like, what you know, what else do people need to hear to realize that DeFi, uh, DeFi is not only the way, but it's it's actually necessary. And do you? It's think- extremely necessary. Yeah, and so I'd love to just hear some thoughts from you about the state of DeFi itself, um, and some reasons, you know, why you think. Uh, it is necessary, and also, is it possible? Like, how is this going to is this going to play out in the long run? Are we going to see DeFi succeed? Yeah, so I think DeFi is not only you know possible. I think it's absolutely necessary. I think it's absolutely necessary for the success of cryptocurrencies in general because the the way DeFi inherently works is it links the different protocols by code. Right, it links everything together in a giant web. It's effectively working the internet of blockchains that Buckman and all of them tried to, you know, come out and see happen. Right, as long as it's built correctly. You know, I look at Osmosis and what they've done. You know, I feel like more people know about Osmosis than Cosmos at this at this point. But um, what they're actually doing is bringing in a ton of different currencies that it's just much easier a much easier method once you're in the ecosystem it's a much easier method of tapping into the different tokens right now relying on people versus relying on code is is a tough thing to change right people have been you know relying on each other for forever but once you realize that code is truth and code is law essentially you know that the the opportunity for fraud is greatly limited. When something is coded, hard coded and made essentially into law, it's hard for you know an exploit to happen, or it's hard for a bad actor to happen, or under the table deals to happen. It's much more transparent. Now, if you want to have your privacy, that's a whole different issue. You can use a secret network. You can, and I think you know that's why Tornado Cash should still be a thing. Um, if you want to have that privacy layer, you should be allowed to. But the interconnectivity of different blockchains and different, you know, different asset classes is just, it's extremely beneficial to not just crypto, but the entire, you know, the entire capital markets as a whole, because the capital markets need to make a desperate change. 
the big, I mean, the biggest reason why, in my, in my personal opinion, the biggest reason why, you know, these big banks are even testing out the digital currency is not because they want to make a, uh, a move into the blockchain market. It's because they realized the techno, the technological advantages to using a digital token versus sending paper through a digital, a digital medium. I think it was, you know, Jay Powell mentioned a little while ago about their, international remittance thing, the international money remittance that they've been working on is pumping millions and millions of dollars into. And they said it gets speeds of, of trend of dollar transfers of up to one day. I'm thinking to myself, man, the average cosmos chain does six seconds and you guys are throwing millions of dollars into a one day transaction processing. It's just a, a terrible waste of time. So I think that once DeFi is actually applied correctly it will lead to great innovations not just in the cryptocurrency space but outside of the cryptocurrency space into the traditional finance space into the equity space into forex into commodities because my personal opinion is that the this is a technology that's meant to improve on existing technologies not necessarily replace existing technologies so a lot of people will they'll fight against me for this. They'll say, oh, we need to get rid of the big banks. We need to get rid of these guys, crypto, crypto, crypto. I personally think that you need to work with them. You need to have them adopt the technology and use the technology for it to gain general adoption. Because, I mean, I think just tearing down everything and replacing it is kind of an anarchist view on cryptocurrency and blockchain as a whole. I think you need to have a more holistic view of how they can work in tandem to create a better overall system. And that's where I think DeFi really fits in. I think, you know, decentralized exchanges and centralized exchanges have their place too. You know, uh, I'm sure JP Morgan and all these other investment banks will have a preferred exchange that they want to use because they have their preferred brokers and they're going to want to, you know, work with certain people. But for the, at least the general trader and most funds, a decentralized exchange and DeFi in general is just an overall more efficient experience and gives you access to more capital and greater liquidity than a centralized system. I know that was a mouthful, but I think I think I covered pretty much everything there. That was that was perfect. I um look, I, I agree with you to a degree as well regarding the banks. I think it's a it's a naive view to think that you can just tear down a system that is so so monumental and and it's like it's wishful thinking that that's going to happen in fact what i think is happening is the banks are doing themselves a disservice at the, at the moment people are starting to catch on to how you know corrupt they've been over the years and and how much they wield their power for you know not necessarily the best uh, of things and of course uh, as people learn about this sort of stuff i guess that's for me that's what brought me to crypto back in 2016 as i started you know reading back on Jekyll Island and all sorts of, you know, the Bretton Woods agreements and the decoupling of the gold, uh, the gold standard and and the confiscation of gold and everything. And I started realizing back, and I'm like, you know what? There's, there needs to be another way. And I think the banks are doing their own job of uh, introducing people to DeFi. Um, and so, and yeah, and to button to button there real quick. Um, it's DeFi essentially democratizes your finance. You know, I, it's more than just decentralizing, it's democratizing. It's, it's given power to not just a few people, but to anybody that's a participant. 
And I think that is a huge advantage of DeFi because now you'll have full transparency. You know, previously, if you wanted to see a big trade that that JP made, you'd have to look on Bloomberg. And to get on Bloomberg, you have to pay a huge subscription just to even get a terminal. Now you have open access. It's all in the blockchain. You can see everything that's going on and it has its benefits and its, and its cons, right? But you can see exactly what's happening. You can prepare for these things in advance. And also, you have control of your own destiny in a way where you see something going on, you can immediately move your funds and it wouldn't be a bank run in a sense that you saw with the centralized exchange. It'd just be a shift of funds from you know one area of liquidity to another. So sorry for, sorry for button in there, but it's... No, it's no, no, that, was, that was perfect. I actually really, really like the, the, the term that it's not just decentralized, it's democratized. I've never heard anyone say that. And that's a, that's a really cool point. So thank you for, for sharing that there. I did, um, there were a couple of things... I was picking up on as well as you were talking that I just want to sort of circle back to, you know, you were talking about osmosis at one point where uh, you feel like a lot of people are familiar with osmosis, but not uh, Cosmos. And so there are some things happening behind the scenes with defund and osmosis. As far as I know, you know, you've got the orbit uh, testnet stage two, um, which is that's, that's going. Um, and there was a guide. What did you say here? There's a guide on creating decentralized ETFs using osmosis as the broker plus selling them on Osmosis. Can you discuss what's going on with Osmosis and, and Defund specifically? Definitely. Yeah, so right now we're utilizing Osmosis's testnet to facilitate the both the, the, the assets that we're currently using to build these ETFs as well as to trade them, right? So you're not actually trading and you'll never trade these uh, ETFs on a defund front end. That's just not how it's going to work. They're going to be traded where the people already are. So on mainnet, day one, Genesis, these are going to be listed on osmosis. So you're going to be able to go on osmosis and purchase, buy and sell your ETFs directly on there. And there's also going to be multiple different change you'll be able to do that as well osmosis say network um we're working with a couple others and there's some on ethereum and a couple other exchanges that i just don't want to say yet because we haven't announced them but um pretty much you'll be able to buy these exactly where you're already existing and that's where i think is a big differentiator once you're forcing people to go to a new place you're forcing them to go to somewhere that they've never been before there's a less less of a chance of adoption right now, currently with Osmosis, and shout out to Sony and the team, I love everything they're doing there. Um, we we can access a lot of the a lot of the tokens that they already have access to at the frontier. So it immediately gives us a breadth of assets that we we want to tap into, and including all the IBC native assets. But they also have USDC, and pretty much you're going to be able to use USDC directly to create your ETFs. So say you have. 20,000 USDC and you want to create an ETF with 20,000 shares, you swap them into Osmosis, Atom, Ethereum, and whatever, right? You print out 20,000 shares, they're a dollar a share, and you trade those shares on Osmosis. It's super simple. And that's really how we're um, using Osmosis. And we're, and we're using their testnet right now for that. And we're thinking about popping up a frontier uh, front end, just so people can trade in a familiar environment. But we're probably just gonna send them in a couple places first. So I would I would watch out for saying network. You're gonna see a couple things there soon. That's fantastic. Um, I'll definitely have my eyes on say network. 
I just want to just reach out to the people listening at the moment because I see a couple of familiar faces and one of which is the person who introduced me to Defund, which is Deeb's DeFi. So I'm just extending the offer there, Deeb, if you can hear this um, and you have some questions that you would like to ask or anything that you would like to contribute, uh, I'll, I'll put an invite here for you as a speaker and if you want it, accept it. If you're busy, that's totally fine too. Um, and by the same token, I extend that to anyone else that's listening. If you have any questions that are popping up, if there's something that's been spoken about that you want more clarity on, the invitation is there and you are most welcome to uh, put the hand up and we'll get John answering your questions. Um, if there is, if there are none, that's fine too. I've got plenty in the back pocket. In the meantime, while we're waiting to see if anyone jumps up here, um, I guess the, the question that would logically follow the last question is, you know, when mainnet? <laughs> Hopefully soon. Um, I don't have an exact date on it. It's it's depending on a few things. Um, so I can give a, a quick roadmap on what we're doing right now. So um, our testnet is running currently. We're working on getting HQ up for testnet, which is just our front end for creating ETFs. You can build them in the terminal right now in the CLI. If you're good with it, go for it. Um, it's actually fairly simple to use. I built a couple myself. Um, but the front end will be up to make it easier to build. Um, right now, we're in the private stage two of our Orbit testnet, which is still limited to only um, validators and those who were eligible from the previous private stage. However, this is only lasting a couple weeks. This is just so we can get a few major upgrades in, um, one of them which was we upped our speed significantly. We're, we're currently spitting blocks at 600 milliseconds, which is unbelievable to me. Um, it's going to slow down pretty soon, though, once we integrate a WASM, which should be this week as well. Um, we expect it to drop maybe 100 or 2 milliseconds. We'll see what that actually looks like. Um, and there's a couple more upgrades that we have to do, a couple more significant upgrades. And we're going to do a, a bunch of stress tests and see how big of a validator set we can actually get. So currently, we're running the 600 milliseconds with a 75 validator set, which I think is crazy. Even, even to say, because I don't think anybody's running close to that with that larger validator set. So in the Cosmos ecosystem, um, I want to try and get it to 100 with those same speeds. Whether or not that's going to happen is a different question. And also on mainnet, it's going to depend on overall price action and security of the network, what makes sense for us um, in terms of security, because at the end of the day, we've been balancing out decentralization and security and performance get the perfect balance of everything um before we launch um but once this private stage is over which is only a couple weeks we'll be going to full public and that public should last one month exactly it is of main net dry run pretty much it's as good as it's going to get we're going to run it for a month and if there's no issues we're flipping the switch and going main net so the goal is q1 2023 hopefully january so see how it goes from there. Excellent. That's going to come up sooner than most people realize. I know that I look at the date today being 16th of November in Australia, and I'm just like, where did, where did the entirety of 2022 go? So <laughs> uh, six weeks to eight weeks is not that far away. That's for, uh, for January. Um, I can see Deeves has jumped up. Deeves, you got the floor if you want a brother. Hey, uh, yeah, thanks, Dr. Doe's coming for having me up. And uh, thank you, John, for, for joining. Um, I, I did actually, I was looking through my notes when I did a write up on y'all a little while back, like a month, maybe two months back. Um, so I did have some questions. I did want to say though, John, uh, looking at your bio real quick, just, um, g 
go Jets. I mean, I, I feel like I don't I don't see a lot of us around here. So <laughs> wanted to just it's, offer it's that rare, up. man. You know, it's rare. You know, I I feel like I've suffered forever, and I'm fine. It's been over ten years since we've actually been a good team, and now hey, That's you know right. what? D Fund's doing well. Jets are doing well. Big year for me, man. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to offer that up. But but I you know I was looking through my notes here, and um, one of the things I you know I I knew about the customizability of of D Fund when it comes to ETFs. Um, however, it did look like y'all were also offering it, and maybe this was a while back, like some pre-built um, like ETF offerings, right? So the ones I had listed were kind of like your top 10 IBC, um, a DEX IBC, and then what is this third one? An ecosystem um, IB uh, index fund. So is that mm-hmm. still something y'all are looking to do? Yes. Yeah, so the way those work, those are actually base ETFs for people to to build off of. So the way it works is actually every time you build an ETF, it's built off of a variation of those ETFs. And those are just the base models. So if you want to launch an IBC 10 ETF, it's as easy as you take that exact template, load it, and you're good to go. You put the funds in and it's good to go. So yes, those are going to be there at Genesis. And we're going to have one one more ready for out there the, called the staking ETF, um, which is a really innovative, um, it's a really innovative ETF that um, is actually a validator-centric ETF. And pretty much it allows the purchaser of that validator's token. So say, for example, there's a whisper node ETF, right? And they decided they wanted to host, they wanted to put in all the chains that they validate on. The purchaser of that ETF would be immediately staked across their entire portfolio of of chains they validate on and would increase delegations on that side. So you would receive um, the rewards from the the staking rewards from all those chains would feed into the value of that token and increase the value in that direction. So it's a completely new financial strategy and a completely new financial product. And it's just a great way for validators to not only market themselves, but give an option for people to uh, delegate in a different manner. So yeah, that, that, that I hope that, I hope that clears it up for you. And by the way, no, yeah, no, it absolutely advice. does. And so I, I, if, I definitely uh, helps me frame yeah. it more as like these templates to build off of. Um, so that's great. And, and it was great too, because I was going to ask about the staking um, decentralized ETFs. And I'm just curious because I think it's fascinating. Um, what kind of led you to to this idea and the, this concept of um, of like allowing people to kind of like stake across an entire portfolio? You know, pretty much. It, it's funny. Um, after so, what I I went through a stage uh, it was a couple months ago where I decided I just want to meet all of the people using Defund, right? So. I sent out my Calendly and I said, hey, everyone, book a meeting. If you're a validator, I want to speak with you. Let's clear up some things. I want to meet you guys. And I want to you know, clarify what Defund can actually do and yada, yada, yada. And after talking with people, you know, you just start, you, you start to discover what, what else Defund could do. Because Defund is, is advanced, but it's very capable, but it's also pretty simple, right? And then you learn things that it can do every day. I learn a new thing that Defund can do every single day. And one of those things, we realized that intended with all Z module, that you could facilitate staking and bring it, package it into one of these ETFs and essentially trade it. And I started bringing it up to these validators and all of a sudden their eyes would light up. 
And I was like, you know what? Maybe let's uh, let's look into this a little bit more. And then we gather up a bunch of validators, and there's about 25 validators that are going to be um, building these at Genesis. So those will be getting announced really soon. Actually, I don't want to release any of their names. Um, you know, that's going to be a fun little marketing chip for us. But um, you're going to be able to see a bunch of the people building the staking ETFs, and you it's it's a it's a nice little proof of concept, but it's also just a great tool for them to. Uh, grow their own brand in a way that that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I guess a point of clarification there, uh, just, just, I'm a little, I'm a little fuzzy on, on this topic. Um, so for a validator that wanted to have their own, you know, staking ETF, um, are, are those validators exclusive to those on the defund chain? No, not at all. So okay. you can be yep. you can be a defund validator. You don't have to be. Um, I believe most of them, if not all of them, happen to also be validating on defund. But that's just a coincidence. I mean, that's just the people we spoke to. We've also spoken to various validators that are not um, running on defund. That they have an interest for it, but they want to see a couple people run it first, which is fine. Um, but yeah, you don't have to be on defund. This is fully permissionless. Anybody can go on and build these and host them wherever they want to. It's just giving these people the, the opportunity to create them and host them and trade them wherever they want. These staking ETFs could be traded on, directly on Osmosis. They could even be traded on a centralized exchange if you want to. You could build up the liquidity for it and trade it on the centralized exchange if you've got the listing per- permissions for it. So that's really the end goal is to bring these tokens wherever you really want them because you should be able to do that. And we let that happen. Hope that cleared up. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely does. Um, I, I want to make sure I'm not dominating the space. Do- Dr. Dosecoin, did, did you have anything to add? I mean, I think it's brilliant, like, um, especially like targeting the validators there. And, um, and, and, and also like the, one of the biggest points is like you're targeting a new type of investor, right? Like, so we take that for granted. Like, I mean, sure, even in an ETF, like crypto base, uh, it, there's still risk. There's always risk, but but you are kind of like hedging your bet, diversifying your risk a little bit more, which can introduce a lot of different types of investors to the space. Exactly, and you know one of the original principles that Defund was built on was diversifying your risk. I come from a big risk diversification background, advisory background. That's really one of the things that's always you know irked me about crypto was. People always chasing maximal returns, not being an intelligent investor and managing your risk. It's finance investing 101. I always traded. I remember I always traded and it was what was considered a risky trading strategy. I traded with 30% gains, 15% losses. That's a risky trading strategy on a daily, on a, on a, with a margin of safety, right? 30% gains, 15% margin of safety. That's, that's considered risky. In crypto, that is, not even considered risky. It's if anything slightly conservative, and it's just it's just mind blowing to me that there was the, these places to essentially lower your risk. They just didn't exist in crypto. So having access to a diversified basket of assets is one of the most simple ways to diversify your risk. And then as the protocol develops more, you realize okay you can have even more ways to diversify your risk. With these staking ETFs, it's essentially independent in a, met- in a way of the market. And also with a lot of the strategic partnerships we've been making, 
you're bringing in commodities, you're bringing in tokenized stocks, you're bringing in all these different, you know, things that are independent of the systemic risks of the crypto markets. Now everything becomes much safer and much more sustainable. And also, you know, we have um, a couple of things we could do with options and perpetuals and futures that inverse and levered ETFs are all very possible and will be happening. So you're going to be able to hedge the market, multiple the market. And it's not just limit your risk, it's fix your risk to whatever risk profile you desire. And that opens up a lot of doors, not just for retail traders, but for advisors, quants, portfolio managers, funds, et cetera, et cetera. Awesome question, Dave. Very thought-provoking and expertly answered there by John. And piggybacking off what you were just saying there, John, what I was thinking in the background is about the different types of ETFs. So, of course, when you look at uh, the TradFi or the real the real world, I'm using quotation marks in my, in my fingers, um, you know, you've got bond ETFs, you've got stock ETFs, you've got different types of uh, industry sector ETFs, commodities, currencies, like there's a whole bunch. But you did touch on uh, inverse and leveraged ETFs. And that is something I'm interested in. You did say it's coming in the future. Can you sort of dive a little bit deeper into that and sort of uh, what that might look like for users in future? Yeah. So it's going to be, there's going to be an inverse uh, ETF template because it's just going to be way easier for everybody. Um, You'll be able to go in and type inverse and it'll find a matching options contract or perpetual. We're on. So for anything that's levered, we're probably going to have to use an option for that. But for anything that is just standard inverse, we may be able to use just a standard perpetual. Um, it looks like we're going to be using a vortex on on say network just to just to at least try it out. Um, we have some good ideas how to use uh, vortex for this. Um, we also have a couple other options exchanges we can use, and with um, our Solana interactions and using Nitro and say too, we can tap into some of the exchanges on Solana. And Ethereum too. We, there's a lot of different places for us to top and tap into options, futures, and perpetuals. Um, but using these derivative contracts, you're able to create either a levered version or an inverse version. So the per, the creator of that of that uh, ETF puts in their funds using USDC once again, and these would probably be Cosmosm based. You may have to do a custom coded Cosmosm, but Using a template, you'll be able to put in your assets, select your assets, and select either inverse standard or go by your levered, however many multiples of leverage, and deploy it. The whole, the whole goal is to make this extremely simple. You know, I've been talking with, I'm not going to throw out any names, but there's a, bunch of, there's, a, there's a bunch of people in the Cosmos ecosystem. They're trying to build their own ecosystem funds, their own ETFs. And I've spoken with most of them and I just I told them straight up, I'm like, you guys, not to be rude, you're wasting your time. Why would you spend your time building for a year when you could build in 30 minutes and have exactly what you need? We've already built exactly what you needed. And with the fee structures that we've implemented, you can still gather as many fees as you want and whatever and whatever percentages you need to keep the lights on. And having built that, I think it opens up a lot of doors for these builders, these fund builders. So I don't want to, you know, insinuate anything about <laughs> who I'm talking about, but you, you, I, I think, you know, with the inverse ETFs and the levered ETFs and really just the, the whole structure we have, the goal is to make it super simple for anybody that wants to make this happen and easy deployment for the infrastructure layer for these ETFs. 
Yeah, one of the things when you're talking about ease of use that comes to mind is I had a chat just last week with uh, the guys at Calc. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're building the uh, DCA, the dollar cost average automated strategies on uh, Fin. And they were discussing, just real quick, do you know, are you familiar with those guys? I haven't heard of them actually. It was a great conversation, but they have um, what they're building out is essentially automated DCA in and out, um, fully customizable. And there's a bunch of things around uh, dynamic DCA. Basically, they have uh, bots which are going to help people uh, identify the best times in the market and basically help you, almost like AI, help you uh, invest without having to think too hard about it. And so I was thinking about them saying, their mission is to make it as easy and as accessible for people as possible. And it seems complimentary. It seems like a complimentary product where if you could just, this is segueing into sort of integrations and collaborations here, but I could, I could visualize something where, you know, Defund and Calc perhaps have some sort of integration that you can use their DCA, uh, the, the DCA plus feature to buy, uh, to, to purchase, decentralized ETFs through defund. Is that something Absolutely. you'd be interested in? Absolutely. You know, and that's what, one of the things that, you know, the way I, I originally market uh, defund to people, I like to call us a layer zero blockchain, even though we're a layer one, I like to call us a layer zero because I want to be the integration layer. I want to be behind everybody just powering the infrastructure, right? Now with Calc and dollar cost averaging, that's a basic concept that with simple Cosmosm contract would be easily implemented into a defund ETF. And it would make all the sense in the world to deploy that through us if if we want to get that going. If they're, they're, I'd, I'd gladly have a conversation with them if you want to make that connection after that. Because I do see a lot of um, a lot of benefits in dollar cost averaging. I mean, it's a simple way to make optimal returns. And running that through defund ETFs, packaging into a token and trading it wherever you want, you'll be able to buy an automatic dollar cost averaged token on any exchange so that's a part that that goes back to what i was saying about the ease of ease of integration and easy usability with the fund you can with the cosmosm capabilities that we have you can load virtually anything into an etf and trade it on an exchange you know you could go as broad as bare bones (laughs) defund is really just smart contract packaged into a token traded on any exchange but that's a little bit off branding. So <laughs> we're rolling with the, the ETFs and that's, and that's kind of what we're calling them. Yeah. The ETFs definitely sounds more, more exciting. Um, yeah. You did touch as well. I just want to go back to, uh, you briefly mentioned fees, protocol fees. And so there's in your medium article, I believe I read it. It's just, I think to the effect of, you know, hundred percent of all protocol fees are distributed to uh, the XD ETF stakers, uh, mm-hmm. which allows you as a community to benefit from the upside of defund. Can we you sort of go over, yeah, uh, revenue structure and also, uh, yeah, the, the fee, the protocol fees and all the details pertaining to that? Definitely. And you can view more about this on our docs page that we just opened up. It's docs.defund.app. You can go check it out. Um, it explains the XDETF and DETF relationship a little better there. But pretty much the way that XDETF and DETF are related, you have your normal DETF, you stake it and burn it, and it would mint XDETF. And that XDETF, once staked, receives 100% of protocol fees. And these protocol fees are charged on the base level template. 
the base template ETF. So pretty much there is a 0.3% fee, which is changeable by governance and we expect it to be changed, but it follows the standard fee structure on a standard ETF. Um, this 0.3% on these base template ETFs gets kicked back to the stakers of XDETF, in turn making a revenue generating protocol. Um, on a Cosm Wasm fund ETF, it is actually a 0.15%. It's half of that. And that gives you room to charge an AUM fee. And later on, we'll be adding a performance fee that you'll be optionally able to charge either in tandem or separate from the AUM fee. So as a creator of these funds, there's multiple ways for you to profit off of these ETFs versus just um, hosting them, if that makes any sense. Nice and place ETF. Yeah, I hope that was uh, explained thoroughly. Pretty much the XD ETF allows pretty much as people use defund, as ETFs are traded, defund's value increases as it should, which, you know, you want the value something to go up as it's more valuable versus just hoping goes up. <laughs> yeah. And for anyone that living on hopium. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like most of crypto has been living on hopium since uh, May this year. But um, yeah, pretty much. For yeah, for anyone that missed it, uh, the reference to AUM just simply means assets under management. You can look at the document uh, in more depth if you want to. It is on docs.defund.app. I'm curious as we sort of start approaching the one hour mark, we've got about ten minutes of the conversation left. I want to sort of find out a bit about what you're excited about when it comes to the creativity of creating. Uh, the ETFs, of course, you know, it's essentially anything that is tokenizable can be uh, added to the basket. Um, but what are some things that pe people perhaps aren't considering at this point and, and where do you see the future of tokenization? You know, there's some crazy, crazy things that we haven't announced yet that we're, we're going to be doing. Um, a couple of them is tokenized real estate and token you know get bringing in tokenized gold and commodities and pretty much just real world assets into these ETFs right and one thing that i can see happening and i believe will happen is advisors will build entire portfolios ready made into individual tokens and whenever they have a client they will just send that portfolio to a client they could have 10 ready built custom-made portfolios, say one has 10% cash, USDC, 35% whatever collateralized stock, another yada yada percent Ethereum and real estate. All of a sudden, you have a fully diversified portfolio, not just through crypto, but through multiple asset classes, immediately purchasable by your client. And to me, that just opens up doors for so many people. You have a ready suite of products at the, at the touch of a hand, it's completely customizable to whatever risk profile and whatever assets you want to put in. And you can get crazy with the rebalancing periods, with the fee structure, with the different smart contracts that you can load into them. You can have three portfolios list the same assets in the same proportions, but due to their rebalancing, fee, their rebalancing periods and fees could have totally different returns. So... I'm really excited to see, you know, what can be built and what's going to be built. And also with staked assets. So there's a staked assets ETF and a staking ETF. Um, staked assets is utilizing from Stride and Quicksilver 
and a couple, you know, anyone that's creating those staked assets. And I'm super curious to see the difference in returns from a staked asset ETF versus a staking ETF because they will be different. I just don't know how. So I'm super curious. Um, we have a question in the audience. I'd love to have them answer it. I'd love to answer it. Hundred percent. Where are we looking? I can't see the hand. J G N F T. How do I do this? Let's see. I think JJ is just waving. All right, I just sent him right. the invite. Let's see. Let's check it out. Oh yeah, there it is. There requested. There was a delay. I don't know why it wasn't showing up on my phone. Okay, let's approve that. Okay, should be able to go now, JJ. If you got a question. Hey guys, uh, you know I'm just. Always super excited to hear about ETFs. I love ETFs. Get me some spot ETFs. Get me some metaverse ETFs. You know what I mean? Get me just ETFs. And, and you know, we're building our own fun <laughs> auto compounder. And so I love to hear about this and how it can be utilized. I, I, this is great news. This is exciting stuff. Absolutely. You can load auto compounder in there if you want. You know, once again, it's just you can load a smart contract in directly and trade it as a token. And I see your name's NFT on Ruggable. You can load NFTs directly into these. And I hate calling them NFT ETFs because it's a double acronym. And personally, it just sounds terrible. So maybe I'll just call them non fungible token ETFs. Maybe that's a little better. But you can load in ETF, uh, these NFTs in there. So Theoretically, if you had um, a fra- and they they do have to be fractionalized as it is, but we may be able to figure out a workaround. But you could using fractal, uh, not fractional. I forget. I forget the exact one. It's called on Ethereum. But you could fractionalize a bunch of bored apes and crypto punks and yada 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 out of all the top NFT projects and trade that as an index fund. And all of a sudden, you now have exposure to the NFT market in a single singular token, which is insane. It's a completely different way to trade the crypto market. So it, it open, opens up a lot of doors for investment. Yeah, I where's like the that. Head, oh, my God. Where's the head blow up emoji right now? <laughs> my wig. Yeah, they should add that one, too. They should also add the fire emoji. I was talking to someone the other day that they need to add the fire emoji as a... Uh, reaction because that is just my favorite thing to use but um it's super capable the the nf the non-fungible token etfs i'm really excited for um a lot of the real world asset um and if and real world assets that we're bridging over are in the forms of nfts so um, that's going to be utilized a lot so i'm pretty excited about that and i mean you could create an inverse board ape etf if you wanted to get super creative with it you could create virtually anything it, it's it's super capable and super flexible. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, I vote we call them uh, nifty nifty ETFs. I think it's just got a, a nice flow, a nice ring to it. But um, and if, you know, NFT ETFs is the double acronym thing. Nifty, they're nifty. Um, but what I did want to do, so sort of as we approach the end of the conversation here, the question and two questions remaining. Uh, and if you could hit us sort of with the, I guess the most succinct answer that you can. Obviously, being permissionless, anyone can upload their, you know, their uh, ETFs or make the tokenized ETFs. Is there going to be something that sort of allows, you know, the cream to rise to the top, or is there is there a way that for people to figure out what the um, what the performances are on them and what the best options for them are? Uh, is there going to be a way for people to easily 
see that information? Yes. So the way it works is so it's off chain data currently, but every every ETF that's built is all verifiable. You'll you'll be able to read the contract, you'll be able to see directly the composition of each one. And we're having multiple analytics built the analytics dashboards built out off chain. So you'll be able to see the performance of each ETF and see be able to track them and see really what's going on with each one. So you're going to be able to understand what's exactly in each ETF, how it's performing, and where it's listed on as well. Um, and also, I want to point out, once an ETF is created, that contract is unchangeable, which is very important. Once that contract is created, we don't you don't want to be able to change it so that people can't go in and maliciously act and drain all the funds. And if that it being built in that structure keeps it inherently safer and in tandem with our general message passing structure that we met, mentioned before utilizing axelar um the where the funds live directly on chain there will be no scenario where the funds are unaccessible and get drained out if that makes any sense got it um i'll hand it over to jg jg can the last mm-hmm. question of the day here Oh, well, I kind of answered it because I was wondering uh, what, what I started to think about was the security aspect. Since you're, you know, you're making this package of assets, I was wondering, is there like any type of risk for a bad actors like spoofing this in some way? But you kind of answered it sort of. By, mm. I see how it's yeah. be difficult to do that. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult to drain out. Um, obviously, with anything, there's always someone will always work hard to find a loophole and a hack, and we just have to be better than them and constantly try to find that hack before they do and fix it. But in our structure, we believe it's the safest structure possible. It's there's no passing of tokens across chain. It's all just messages, and they're all fully backed under each ETF, so it's as safe as it could possibly be. And with the unchangeable contract structure, the only when you the only way you could change that contract is if all the shares are then redeemed for the underlying assets. So that's how that's it's safe. That that's and that's one of our biggest priorities. We're gonna be at least double audited before launch, if that makes any sense. So we may be even triple audited. We're gonna be at least double audited. So we we're making this thing as safe as it can be. Yeah, that's it. Obviously if you want to build trust with people, uh, you need to have something that works well and uh, there's so much just crazy nefarious and unpredictable behaviors that happen in crypto as a whole so having the double and triple audits and that that all contributes to building the trust of the community and thus as people trust more people uh, are attracted to use this space and so with that we're arriving on the hour i just want to check in with you here john and say is there anything that any bit of news that you wanted to share today that hasn't yet been shared any alpha that you want to drop on people's heads um anything that has been left unsaid at this point uh, i think we pretty much covered it all i want to re-announce the the defund dow it's a great way to get involved pretty much it's going to be hosted on dow dow at least for now we're still working out with the dow dow team but pretty much there's a community section uh infrastructure section, developer section, and the marketing section. And it's all different ways for you to get involved directly with the future of Defund. If you build on Defund, you should have a say in the future of Defund. And that's really what the DAO enables. Um, Shout out uh, to the Discord. If you want to be more active with Defund, go check us out on our Discord. You can find that on our page. And you'll be able to message me directly. My DMs are open. So I'm always open to... uh, conversations with anybody because i understand you know how from my own side you know 
DMing people and them never responding, it really irks me. So I like uh, my my DMs are always open on both the my Twitter page and the Twitter page for Defund. So feel free to shoot me a message. Fantastic. And where do they find the uh, access to the DAO? So right now you can find more information on the DAO on our docs as well, docs.defund.app. And in our Discord, um, if you once the actual DAO DAO you know section is up. I'll be posting that everywhere, but you'll be able to message me directly on Discord or just inquire in the many ways you can contact me and we can talk about getting involved with the DAO. Fantastic. Anyone that's listening, if you enjoy these Twitter spaces, we've got a bunch of them coming up. Uh, today was Defund. We've got Skelly Punks, Grab a Dow, Jackal Dow, Apollo Dow, Zodiac and Prism are all coming up in the next month. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. In the meantime, if you haven't already done so, go and follow Defund's page. Uh, give John a follow, slide into his DMs. He does welcome that. He did say that. And, um, and of course, if you've got questions, you know, you can fire them to us as well at Orbital Command on our Discord. We, uh, we try and educate the community as much as possible. And this is what we do. We bring space together, bring people together to try and empower and educate so that we can, uh, you know, prosper and move forward in the future in this space. So with that being said, John, I appreciate your time, your energy, your effort, your input, your expertise. It's been a wonderful conversation. I have high hopes and high expectations, which I'm sure will be matched for Defund. And behind the scenes, I'll connect you with the guys with Calc and we can uh, see what transpires from that. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me. So welcome. Take it easy, guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Orbital Command hosting decentralized ETFs with Defund Finance. Recorded on Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with a dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, envisioning in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next No one gave a shit Till the drugs all dried up Everybody died From a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter We was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal He just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime Till the night curfew Rats in a cage Till they make time to murk you Got a little job That falls under my purview We gotta get this mob Away from the bird you gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. Danny 
tune in the middlemen, listen to the fiddle man, play a little ditty then, talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next b-b-b-billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next b-b-b-billion. Terror spaces.